The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to play. check find email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And today we're talking about SEO strategy with a powerhouse in the content creation world. Joining us is Philip Thune, who is the CEO of TextBroker, which is the leading online platform in the US for custom-made unique written content. TextBroker's online marketplace brings together customers who are looking for unique and exclusive textual content with more than 100,000 US-based freelance authors who could write about virtually any topic. And today, Philip's been kind enough to offer me some help. And we're going to talk about a content strategy for a website I'm building. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. This is my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of TextBroker. Philip, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, good to be back. I really appreciated you coming on the podcast. We talked a little bit about the content production process the last time you were a guest and you were willing to give me a little advice on a website project that I'm working on. So just to set the stage for everyone who's listening, you might have heard me and Jordan Cooney, advisor to Search Metrics, SEO strategist, talk about the MarTech podcast website, which is the website that I'm rebuilding for my other podcast, the MarTech podcast. And Jordan and I talked about building a directory for all of the different companies in the MarTech industry. And we debated whether that was a good or bad idea. And so I wanted to have Philip join the podcast to give me his advice on how I should approach building content for my new website. So Philip, you know, you had a chance to look over the MarTech podcast website. And I know that you listened to the episode, the conversation I had with 
Jordan, I guess first and foremost, you know, give me your thoughts on what you think the strategy should be from a content perspective for the MarTech Podcast website. Well, I think you had talked to Jordan about the idea of launching a directory and trying to kind of have a really good database of all the companies that are in the MarTech space and have that be a reason, you know, that people might come to the website. And I think Jordan gave you a bit of a hard time and he said, listen, unless this directory is really providing more value than anything else that could possibly be out there, including LinkedIn or, or other things like that, he was a little hesitant about it. I would actually take the opposite reaction. I think one of the things you've got going for you is your MarTech website because it's updated every day. There's a new podcast there. What I find interesting is I think Google's kind of one thinks you've got a lot of great information on your website about the marketing technology space. Two, they know that you update it frequently. So I think they are coming back and looking at what's on your website on a regular basis, probably more often than sort of the typical website. So you've got a proof point here that I think is important to bring up. You're not just working based on assumption. Talk to me about what you recognize that makes you think that the ability for the MarTech podcast website to rank relatively quickly as opposed to Jordan disagreed with you. And for what it's worth, I'm appreciative of somebody else disagreeing with Jordan on my behalf. (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing that was interesting to me is... Now, this was on the Voices of Search podcast, but I was just curious. And so I Googled my own name. And I think from the day you posted the first of our three previous episodes... It was like only a one or two weeks later, Voices of Search, the actual page that has your and my previous podcast on it, that page was ranking on the second page for my name of Google's results. Right. And that is that is really quick. Yeah, I think that's really important to sort of reiterate that the entities that we're talking about are ones that publish regularly. And so look, this is a case study. Philip's kind enough to give me some advice, but I want everybody who's listening to get value out of this. One of the things that's important about building a content strategy is essentially training Google to know that they need to come back to your website for valuable content that they are likely going to rank. And so with both the Voices of Search podcast and the MarTech podcast, we are publishing new episodes on a daily basis. And so Google is crawling our site and is you know frequently looking for new content and reevaluating where we should be ranking. And so Philip's theory here is that because Google is constantly evaluating the website, it's able to prioritize the content relatively quickly. And that's why he saw his Voices of Search podcast website page show up for his name. And the assumption is that that would happen on the MarTech podcast, which is a bigger site. Exactly. I think anything that you're publishing, Google is noticing, they're noticing it relatively quickly. And so now it comes back again, obviously, to the quality of the directory and what information is going to be on each page. But your idea or your concept that, hey, if I have a page about each company in the MarTech landscape or industry, and maybe I have a page about you know the CEO of these companies, I'm starting from a place where I have a site that has great authoritative expert content about MarTech. And so it's not such a stretch to think that Google's going to kind of say, hey, oh, wow, this is kind of interesting information. And if somebody searches for a particular company, you're going to have certainly a leg up against most others. 
And if it's Adobe or Oracle, right, it's companies where millions of things have been written about them. That's still going to be a little bit more difficult. I don't see you crack. I don't see you cracking into the top even fifty or a hundred all that quickly. But certainly for the companies that are smaller, that long tail of companies that you're going to be talking about, and that long tail of CEOs or other executives that you're going to be talking about. I think you've got a great shot at ranking relatively quickly if you've got kind of a good directory with good information. So there's a strategic question that I have for you here is the idea behind building a directory is to create a mass amount of pages that are for relatively tail terms. You know, every company name in the MarTech space, there's about 7,000 companies. Sure, Apple, Facebook, Adobe, like we're not likely to rank for those companies. But, you know, a company like TextBroker, which is an established brand, has a fair amount of search traffic. We might have a decent shot of ranking for that brand term. There's a question of, okay, focusing on tail terms, belly terms, and head terms. And when Jordan and I were talking, we were kind of looking at, well, the MarTech keyword itself doesn't get a lot of search volume. We're really trying to target you know, broader marketing keywords. And so the head term of MarTech isn't very valuable, but there are things like CRM that get a ton of traffic. How do you think about building a content strategy that addresses both a head term that maybe doesn't have a lot of value, belly terms that are potentially more valuable, and then a long list of tail terms? You know, from what we've seen, and this is a Fairly common strategy, you know, and I've talked not only to text broker clients about this, but to SEO experts about this. You're going to rank best for the tail terms, but you need to at least get started by having kind of the pages that are focused on the head terms or belly terms. One, because it would look a little weird if you didn't have that. And it's a way to structure your site the right way. But two, it's kind of just like table stakes, right? But I think the place that you're going to see the most immediate impact because there's the least competition is on the long tail terms. And I think you've mentioned that there's like 7,000 MarTech companies. You know, if there were 100 and you're only talking about maybe getting some impact on the last 10 or 20, then that's not a great strategy. But in this case, volume is your friend, right? The 6,000 or so that are kind of at the bottom of that tail, it's enough that it starts to add up. And then I think what we've seen as a strategy that works is by covering all those tail terms, by clearly having great content about the entire industry, you can then circle back to kind of belly terms or head terms and put more effort into those and actually see some results. So it's kind of start quick with the head and belly one just because you have to have them because the structure of your site has to make sense, but then dive into the long tail. That's going to be much faster acting. You know, you see the results much quicker. But for each one of those, obviously not a lot of traffic. But as that builds, then you can sort of circle back to the belly and the head, if that makes sense. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. 
Prefizzable's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, one of the things that we're doing is, you know, we're not really prioritizing ranking for the head term because there isn't a ton of value. Maybe we should reprioritize from an SEO perspective and instead of targeting MarTech, we can target marketing as a keyword. But that's, you know, a long road to hoe to be able to rank for a term like marketing. What we have done is taken our content and segmented it into, I think, eight categories that we did a little competitive analysis. We looked at volume. And so we're basically categorizing all of our content into these categories and trying to map them to the way that we're breaking down our company list for our directory. And so our thought is we're going to have these category pages that not only show you know, the top information about companies in that category, but also our content for that category as well. And then we're thinking about what we need to be able to create essentially an article for those, a category article where we're writing 1,500 to 2,500 words on B2B marketing. The problem that I have is that's a very broad topic. What do you write about B2B marketing that is relevant to the audience and also going to be appreciated by Google, help me think of the content strategy for building out those category pages. How do you know what to say to just broadly write about B2B marketing? Well, first, let me say that I think the category structure makes a ton of sense. And anybody out there who's familiar with e-commerce websites, even though you're not selling anything, you're not kind of trying to drive people to a purchase, it's the same philosophy. A lot of times, there's a lot more value in ranking highly for the category of you know, a laptop computer, clearly than all the thousands of different laptop computers that would have each their individual page. So again, love the strategy. I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of what exactly should that content be. I don't think you want to get that far away from what you have in your directory and the value that you're offering. So in the same way that an e-commerce company on their laptop computer page they're not going to stray too far from it, right? They might do a review of laptop computers or they might do a buying guide of laptop computers. But clearly that page exists primarily so that they can funnel people to the laptops that they will buy. So top five laptops for back to school, top five laptops you know, for your parents, grandparents, you know, those kind of things. So I think as you think about this content, this 1,500, 2,000 word category page content, I think number one, you want to figure out a logical way why you're going to point to all this great information that you have in your database about individual companies and individual people. So you could think about it that way. Like, hey, let me talk about the top five companies in this category or the CEOs who seem to be making the biggest difference or the biggest change in whatever metric you might have available. So those are kind of things, one, that always sort of do do well. They're interesting, right? They're sort of easily digestible, any kind of top five, top 10, that kind of thing. And as important, I think, 
is that it points to all this other great information that's kind of deeper in your directory. Popular B2B related podcast content, top five fastest growing companies in the B2B MarTech space. Exactly. And then, of course, you know, some sort of an article talking about what B2B MarTech is, what are the important facets of it, right? Not necessarily keyword stuffing, but we do want to have some content on that page as well. Let's talk a little bit about the different formats of content. We talked about creating the directory. You're more of a fan of that than Jordan is. I agree with you. We talked about writing category summary content. We already have a podcast. Do you think it makes sense to do a newsletter, a blog? You know, What are the other formats of content that we should be thinking of to try to make sure that we're showing up as highly as we possibly can in Google's rankings? And I go back to something Jordan said that you need to be a thought leader. You need to have expert content. You need to have these pages that kind of show you know the space. We'll come back to newsletter because obviously that's not something that's on your website unless you just sort of copy each newsletter, which is also a good idea. But you know, in terms of the content, I already think you've got so much expert content already. I think that's part of the reason that Google's already kind of watching you and ranking you. Highly every time you have a new guest, unless it's you know some guest that's hugely popular. So you already have a huge amount of expert content, which is the podcast itself. So there, I would disagree with Jordan that you need to kind of create some brand new effort to create you know something that would be considered expert content. The podcasts themselves are the expert content. You already do show notes about each podcast. You could even go a step further and do transcripts. Although I don't think that's Required. So I would not be in favor of one because it's going to be time consuming and it's going to be expensive. And I don't know that you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck trying to do kind of what's called expert content elsewhere on your site when you already have so much of it. In terms of the newsletters, yeah, you've got to think about what the goal of getting all this traffic to the directory is, right? Is the goal to get more people, you know, to subscribe to your podcast or is the goal to somehow sell sponsorships on these pages, right? So it kind of depends on what you're driving to them. If the main goal is, hey, I want them to sign up and subscribe to my podcast, then everything should be about that. And I think that sort of speaks for itself because you do a really good job of explaining what each podcast is about. But if you see value in also having a great big client newsletter list, email list, and you can kind of figure out how that drives the other goals that you've got, then absolutely, yeah, you would. I think create content for that. But again, I don't think you have to try that hard. I think you can just make the newsletter all about things that are already happening on your site. Yeah, I'm totally with you. The way that I'm thinking about the newsletter, that's really the third piece of our content strategy. We've got our podcast, our audio content. We're building web pages that are supplemental to the audio with our show notes and quotes. We're building out a database of the companies and that really helps us, you know, build a page to have information about each company. And you know it's a little ranking arbitrage as well. The newsletter to me is less about, you know, and we'll publish the newsletters on the website. It is less about creating more authoritative content. And it's really another means of communication and to give someone a reason to give us their contact information so we know who they are and we're able to share highlights of our notes and quotes up-to-date rankings for the top growing companies in the industry. And my thought for that content is we need something that's a little bit of a different format. It's got to be 
industry analysis as opposed to an individual piece of content that is you know more of a subject matter specific piece of content so I think that that's meant to be engagement for people that are interested in following along with the entire industry. And some people just want written content instead of audio content. Right. No, so I think because as you say, you're going to publish the newsletter itself on your site. And then the newsletter is going to have links to all this great stuff that you're already doing. The latest podcast, the latest survey of the fastest growing companies. So using that as a way to keep people driving back makes a ton of sense. I guess the issue you have with subscriptions, right, is a lot of times people are subscribing to your podcast through third parties, Apple, somewhere else. So you don't have that direct connection. You know they've subscribed, but you don't know who they are. There's not another way to interact with them on a regular basis, in which case, you know, building that up a client newsletter email database. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite for us where people are already our subscribers. We already have an audience. We're trying to understand who they are and the method for us to get the contact information and build the relationship is by giving them a newsletter that they find valuable. So it's more of an engagement strategy than it is specifically an SEO or growth strategy. It's not necessarily content, but gives us the ability to deepen our relationship and then potentially cross-sell as well. Exactly. All right. Lots more to talk about. Philip, we're going to bring you back on the podcast tomorrow to have you help us scope out a content creation project related to our development of the MarTech podcast. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Philip Thune, CEO of TextBroker. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Philip, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is TextBrokerUS, T-E-X-T-B-R-O-K-E-R-U-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is textbroker.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You could also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, or my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Bye.